Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills hanging out with you today. Tough day if you're a Brewers fan. Tough game last night. They're back in action late tonight in San Francisco. The Open's going on. Grant Tiger Woods has played four holes in the 150th Open. He is four over par. He went double, par, bogey, bogey. Does not look good. I spent all day or all morning, I guess. I woke up early talking myself into Tiger being able to make the cut, contend, maybe. Talking myself into the things that could happen. That kind of blew up in my face as soon as the first hole. That might really curb most of my enthusiasm, you know, for about talking about this tournament because it's sad. miss a putt, a bad putt. One of the shots that I saw, I'm like, ooh. Not great. I saw one go in the water too. Beautiful water feature though. Beautiful course. It is a beautiful course. There is golf. Golf nerds are going at each other right now. There's really, yeah, there's a lot of, there's the golf hardo versus the golf fan, but not as much of a hardo as certain people talking about how it's, it's BS that these players can score this well on a major championship, but it's, this course has been around for, I mean, they were playing this course before the American revolution. It's been around forever. The course is not hard enough is what the golf hardos are saying. Yes. It's not long Uh, enough. And part of that is it's very dependent on the weather. If it is windy, it can be impossible. If there's no wind, it is very easy because it's quite short for these guys. So that's, that's part of the, uh, part of the dialogue going around today. There was a trade just announced in major league baseball. Jeff Passan of ESPN tweets out the New York Yankees are acquiring utility man Tyler Wade in a trade with the Los Angeles Angels. A source tells him the Angels DFA'd Wade earlier this month, and now he heads back to the Yankees where he was drafted and spent his first five seasons. By no means is that a big deal at all. Obviously, guy DFA'd isn't a big impact person. Maybe this can tell you that the Angels' name will pop up more and more often as we see this trade deadline stuff pass. I saw a stat on ESPN today. The angels are six and one since the start of June when Shohei Otani is on the mound and they are six and 26 when anybody else starts, which is just horrendous. It's a shame what they've done to him. And we know that he would look great as a Milwaukee brewer. If that happens ecstatic, don't expect it to. Uh, Speaking of the brewers, now, not everyone's paying attention, Ben, to this Tyler Wade deal. Probably have to be an Angels or a Yankees fan to even know what we're talking about. But why would the Angels do that? Maybe something bigger is coming. What is going on in Anaheim? And could Shohei Otani be next? And if so, could he be open to joining the Brewers? Possibly. Some are asking. I wish this show was oh. on video because... Yeah. We could easily go into it. You have to make that little spiel a two-minute rant, though. You have to go full Brian Windhorst. You can't say anything for the first minute, 45 seconds. Then at the end, you just ask a completely unanswerable question. (laughs) I felt bad for the other people at the first desk that day because they're trying to play along. Three-team deal? Open up (laughs) space for Kevin Durant? He's like, no. Stop. Let me finish. One woman asked him a question and he gave her the most condescending no, like no. scoff that you would even ask it. 
It's like, yeah. dude, come on. Who are you? Like when like when Rogers was interrupted in a presser last year and he goes, I'm not finished. Thank you. When the horse is like, no, they're not trading for Kevin Durant. Listen to what I'm saying. You, you fools. You know, that's how he felt. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I, we were hearing buzz yesterday about Otani. It's been quiet on the Otani front since, or was that Mon- Tuesday we talked about Otani? When was the buzz? I think it was Tuesday. Okay. It's been quiet since Tuesday, but hmm. some might start to hear more buzz. I think it's time to quote tweet the the <laughs> Jeff Passan tweet with the picture of Brian Winhorst. I can maybe do that coming up here on in Anna during break. So Grand Colton Wong, we talked about a last segment and eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. If you want to join the show first, we're going to talk more about this early wake up concept because I don't know how I'm going to survive through today. We're grinding, but it was my choice and, and I'm here to defend it. But Colton Wong, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about that later. Colton Wong. So he's over 14 over his last 14. He's hitting 194 in the month of July. He has not had a hot stretch all season to be excited about. He has the highest strikeout percentage at the plate of his career. He is in the midst of the worst defensive season of his career. Nothing is going well. I will note there has been some bad luck there. He's hitting line drives. His batting average in balls in play is quite low. You would expect it to maybe rise a little bit. And he has an okay walk percentage. So there are some good signs, but nothing tells me he's snapping out of this funk that he's in. My question, I guess, is what in the world do the Brewers do? Do they prioritize this position at the trade deadline? Keston here has played a couple games at second this year, but he has been horrendous fielding wise. We obviously know his bat in the lineup could be valuable, but I wouldn't trust him when Jason Alexander's on the mound to go make plays at second base. <laughs> Do you move Jace Peterson there? He's played a couple games at second base, not a true second baseman. So I I don't know. I'm kind of stuck right now because all I know is he should not get as consistent top of the order at bats as he is right now. But I don't know how many options there are unless you bring somebody else in from the outside. Well, first of all, Jace Peterson can't do everything. I mean, he's like the Elton Jenkins of this team. Oh, we could play him at left tackle, right tackle center. (laughs) He can only lock down one spot. So take it easy on Jace Peterson. I think at the trade deadline, David Stearns should just look for the best upgrade possible. Like, you know, when you're going into the draft, you say you don't want to draft for need. The Brewers shouldn't trade for need. They should just try to find the best bat available. Chances are they can shift things around to make it work. It's not like they have that many amazing bats. And it's not like there's somebody in the field who's so good in their spot, you can't move him, right? And if Colton Long turns into a bench player, or Urias turns into a bench player for the rest of the season. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't think any of these guys are unimpeachable in their current roles. So if I'm David Stearns, I'm not trying to zero in on need. I don't want to filter out available talent because I need to find a second baseman. I just want to find the best bats available, the best value available, and then I'll make it work. That's what he's done the last couple of years. Well, and the best fielders, because when, as I said, you have to start Jason Alexander, twice in a week like they will this week you better have some damn good defenders behind him because otherwise it can turn into disaster but also overall this is just not a great defensive baseball team they've been below expectations all year at that spot even uh, Jonathan Davis in center field has made some terrific plays but you could see his inexperience you could see how he doesn't really know how to play that center field at American Family Field so come playoff time I mean that's very significant I heard the broadcast yesterday talking about some of his highlight catches 
how good he is at getting on the top 10, what he can do in theory if a tough play presented itself. But my first thought was he doesn't know how to play American Family Field yet. So how can we, I can't crown him as this great center field defender when there are plays out there that that experienced guys that are less athletic than he can go make because they know where to stand. They know where the bounces are. They've been there before. So is Tyrone Taylor your most trusted defensive center fielder then? Oof. Like that's a, who's better? Yelich? Nobody. Tyrone Taylor is good enough. He's shown and he at least knows the ballpark better than Jonathan Davis. Yeah, at this point, it's nobody, but that's why, and this is something I want to talk about throughout today. I think with what we saw last night, it's obvious the Brewers need help in the pen. I've argued they probably need another starter. They need a center fielder, as we're talking about. But when you throw second base in that mix, and maybe they can go elsewhere for different positions, where are those big addition areas for the team? That's something I want to get into throughout the show today. Because you can go and try to rank them one through five. I took a shot. We could talk about it coming up. But it's interesting when you try to prioritize. And let's say the bats are even. If we're comparing a center fielder and a second baseman they can get that bring the same value bat-wise than would be replacing different players. But if we took away who the specific targets would be, where are those addition areas and how would they be ranked? Because as time goes on, that has changed drastically. Throughout the beginning of the year, center field was always kind of eh with Kane, but we thought Taylor could be a consistent guy there. We didn't think about starting pitching at all before the injuries. And second base, we thought, was pretty much locked down. None of that is the case now. How could second base not be locked down? Colton Wong is fantastic, and he's a good hitter, and then he forgot how to field and forgot how to field uh, and hit. Maybe this team stinks, Ben. Can uh, honest, honest moment for a sec here. Can you just talk me off a ledge? I love days I like after I've a loss, out, by the way. I, I know. I, I've thrown out all these hypotheticals like, hey, game on the line. Who do you want as your hitter at the plate? Center fielder. Who's your best option? I feel like there's not a good answer for any of these questions that I'm posing. Maybe this team stinks. Yeah, the answers are definitely not confidence inspiring. I can safely say. They don't stink. I, I very much like this team, but I need them to do some aggressive things at the trade deadline. But this that's, is why I love days after a loss, because this is what we talk ourselves into. They go out and Burns pitches a gem against the Giants. They win two to one and we're happy again and we're back on the good side. That's the beauty of baseball. And I, I embrace that part of it. Like, is there yeah. overreaction every day when they win and then they lose and you talk about it from either perspective? Absolutely. There's overreaction, but that's the sport of baseball. That's why I love it. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one in the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? This is Al from Janesville. Al, what's on your mind, man? Uh, great job this week, by the way, Ben. Doing a good job without my uh, Bill there this week. I'm right. Appreciate really it. Happy. But anyways, as far as the Brewers were going, I would say Colton Wong in a heartbeat. I've been saying that all year. He just doesn't have it this year. His defense that he was supposed to have had sucks. Uh, I would put Urias there. Uh, he played there a couple weeks ago and Long was down. I thought he did a fantastic job defense. But Jace Peterson at third and see what we have. Uh, as far as the trading for the trade deadline, I would do absolutely nothing. This team has too many holes. He just one or two players, whether it be pitching or a bat or whatever, is not going to make a difference. It's, the team's uh, very disappointing from where I thought they were going to be. And just one or two trades is not going to make a difference. It's just not. You know, 
see how far our starting pitching can carry us and uh, go from there. Go on. I, I just can't see trading away a good prospect for a rental, which is essentially that's where they usually end up being and uh, go from there. I, I'm not sure what your thoughts are. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Where did you think they would be generally? Because I feel like they've taken a very roundabout disappointing way to get to this point. But this record where they sit in first place by a couple games is also kind of what I thought they would be entering the year. Well, I did, uh, Ben, but we all have to admit, and I'm a huge Brewer fan. I I went to the Pittsburgh series in Pittsburgh a week ago. I I follow the team. I travel with the team when I can. And this team, we all have to admit, it's just a real average team in a terrible division. They they really are. You know, the the Cardinals are kind of where they're at. Uh, The the other uh, three teams in the division are god-awful, and we have to admit that. And if we get, say if we do win the division, and which I still think we can, um, we're going to get up against a good team, whether it be Dodgers or you know San Diego or somebody like that, and we're going to get killed. And we, we all have to admit it's just not a very good baseball team. It really isn't. You know, you go up and down the lineup. You know, whoever I, I haven't seen the lineup yet for tonight, but just a, a typical with Yelich, you know, leading off, and then uh, Damas, and uh, we've all seen it to Les. And nowhere in that lineup do you say hey, we've got to get this out because so-and-so's coming up. You know, in, in nowhere in that lineup, all they are is nine guys hitting 220, 230, and there, there's just nothing in that lineup that says, uh, you know, that uh, there's put fear into you like you would against, you know, if, if you're playing a Dodger team or a Yankee team. And I realize that they have all that money. I get all that part of baseball, but, man, I was expecting a lot more on this team, um, and it's just not. And the other point I want to make, and I'm sorry for rambling on. No, you're good. Listen, this is a day after a loss. I think a lot of people are with you. Well, it's a day after a loss, but it's a day after a lot of losses that couldn't have, uh, shouldn't have happened this year. Yep. And there is absolutely no communication. You you look at council, and I'm not an anti-council guy, but I'm frustrated with him. There's no communication throughout the game with his uh, coaches, with his players. He just stands up on the second step of the dugout. I, I, I sat right behind the dugout in all three games in Pittsburgh I went to and just watched him, watched him, how he managed, whatever. There's no communication at all. He, he's never talked to anybody. Just watch him in tonight's game. If you stand up and watch the San Fran game. Yeah. It, it, it's just, uh, man, it, it's so frustrating. It, it, here's one. Uh, when they played the Cubs, the Cubs beat them. I, I can't remember which game it was. It, I was at that game. It, it was at uh, Miller Park at that game. And Pam, I'm sorry. But uh, they lost four to three. That's the one where Yelly or um, oh, they gave up uh, the hit. Uh, uh, it, anyways, they should have won the game. Adamas came up with one out, a guy on third, uh, and he could have tied the game up with a fly ball. And he swings at the first pitch and he pops it up. You know, and can you work the count a little bit? Can't somebody, you know, counsel say, hey, Adamus, you know, we, we need a fly ball here. Tie this thing up for me. And there's no communication at all. He didn't say one word to him. I, he didn't. It's just frustrating. I, I'm just so frustrated with that team. So. I got you. I think a lot of people are with you, Al. Appreciate the phone call. Call again. Thanks, uh, Grant, lots to unpack there. But I first want to say, this is an open forum. If there are critiques, if there is attitudes like that that are fed up with how the team plays this is the forum to air it on 
877-867-1670. I want to start at the beginning quick before we hit break because what he was talking about ties into what we had been saying since Tuesday. Whether moves can be made, what the moves should be, his view is this team has too many holes that one or two moves is not going to do the difference. And that is something I, I agree with that sentiment 100%. The lineup does not have any scary bats at this point. There's nobody who comes up, at, you put it well, there's nobody who comes up and you say as the opposing team, we have to pitch around this guy or he's going to hurt us. Or there's no one who says we have to go get this guy out so we don't have to face the guy after him. There's no one in the lineup right now that does that. I do still think there is the potential there when the health is all good with Renfro healthy in the lineup. And once guys get a little hotter, that it can happen. But I always talk myself into that circle, what Al had just outlined. And then at the same time, sit back and realize this team is in first place in a bad division, but they do win a lot of baseball games against a lot of good teams, even with all of these shortcomings and all the struggles. I don't like passing off as a foregone conclusion that the Brewers can't contend with any other National League powers in September and October. I just don't like people on July 14th or whatever the date is saying, we know they can't beat any of these teams two months from now, three months from now, because we just don't know. There's so much we don't know. I also have a hard time believing that this team is beyond repair. Like a couple of moves won't make a difference. If this was the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox, maybe. The Brewers have been a non-factor in Major League Baseball 95% of their existence. And I just really have a hard time with this team, a team that has some amazing starting pitching, an amazing back end of the bullpen, and some workable pieces offensively. I have a really hard time saying, no, let's not go for it. I mean, how many times, of course, all of Brewers history, have we had a team this good? It's very few. I have a hard time punting on that. Yep, and it goes back to what I talked about a couple days ago, the 2014 Giants thing. There is a semi-recent example of a team without the star power. They had one more impact bat than the Brewers. That's Buster Posey. But aside from Buster Posey, the lineup looked a lot similar year-wide, but then they got hot at the right time. They had the championship pedigree and guys who had done it, and the pitching carried them. It is possible. I don't think it's probable, but I'm with you. I would never write off their chances, But I do think as time goes on, I think a lot of people are with Al right now that, I mean, this team needs a little bit too much for it to be worth going all in for one of the holes. But we'll talk about that more when we come back. Also, Josh Hader gives up runs again last night, takes the loss with the Twins winning four to one on the walkoff home run. Are you concerned? Should we be concerned about Hader and where he is trending? That and more coming up next, 877-877. 867-1670 if you want to join the program it's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels this is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network Welcome back. It's a Thursday. It's the Bill Michaels show. Welcome into the rest of the network joining us as we go up until two o'clock here across the great state of Wisconsin. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. Open championship underway. I got up at the break of dawn today to watch it. Terrific decision. I will do the same tomorrow. I will do the same Saturday. I will do the same on Sunday. 
because this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. This was maybe the most excited I've ever been to watch golf, given the context, Tiger Woods, 150th Open, all that good stuff. Last major of the year as well. Grant, uh, tough Brewers game last night, obviously, uh, or yesterday. Obviously not the footing you want to be on when you go to San Francisco. The good news is the pitching matchups line up much better. You have Burns, Woodruff, Lauer all going in that series. And Alexander, uh, starting horse, as I think we have crowned him on this show. So I yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting spot. We've been in an interesting spot all week in terms of what people feel about this team. We heard a caller in the first hour, Al, talk about how there are enough holes on this Brewers roster and lineup that he doesn't think a move is necessarily worth it to go all in because it won't fix everything. You and I believe that no matter what, they'll be in the playoffs. So maybe you roll the dice, you take a shot. Josh Hader's been concerning. Are you concerned about him? We're talking Colton Wong. Would you move him down? Would you find someone else to just play second base entirely? And now uh, shifting gears a bit further, and it's all in the same ilk. But where should the Brewers prioritize at the trade deadline? Well, I have all of the war values by position in front of me. Oh, yes. I love these. I do, too. And if Al wanted to make the case that one move wasn't going to make the difference or two moves won't make the difference, I suppose you could use this data to back it up because the Brewers aren't terrible in any of these categories. They're also not amazing in any categories. Like, they're just kind of average in all. They're really good at catcher. They're third best in the majors. Omar Narvaez with 189 plate appearances. Is our guy Omar Narvaez getting done a little dirty? People forget he was an all-star last year. Like, he's one of their better hitters. I feel like he doesn't get maybe as many bats as he should get, given how bad the rest of the offense can sometimes be. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of the team, Victor Caratini's also been pretty darn good. His OPS is 824, honestly. And taking away Mike Brasso, who does not have a large enough sample size, you know who has the highest OPS on the Brewers right now? Uh, Is it Narvaez? It's Victor Caratini, 824. Narvaez is 708, but he has hit for solid average. Yeah, the position as a whole has been awesome, except for Severino, you know, dropping a strike. And We don't need him. We don't need Severino. I'm actually kind of getting frustrated that we have three catchers. I know that's a dumb thing to be frustrated about, but take more steroids. Yeah, go ahead. Just don't get caught this time. Uh, one other thing I want to point out the next best position group by war. Uh, the Brewers are sixth best in the majors at wins above replacement from third base. 165 plate appearances by far the most on the team. Jace Peterson, 165. The unsung hero. And think about it. I think it. he's getting very sung on my show and when I can bring him up here. Well, yeah, properly sung during this time slot when we're on air. But I, I think overall, not talked about nearly enough. No one ever says, why don't they move Jace Peterson to leadoff when Yelich is out? And also think about it. There are some pretty darn good third basemen in the MLB. He's going up against in that position. A lot of big names. Catcher, you look around, not nearly the case. Yeah. So the the top Wins above average at third base. Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals are one. Uh, Manny Machado helps the Padres be two. Devers is three. Austin Riley is third. Orlando Arcia, by the way, also contributing to that number. He has 10 plate appearances out of the third base position. Uh, and then the Yankees with Donaldson and LeMahieu. And then the Brewers. That's the company that Chase Peterson has lifted the Brewers' third base position into. Just incredible. Chase Peterson and Arias or just Peterson? 
Uh, so Peterson has 165 plate appearances. Urias has 90. Now, Urias also played a lot at short and second base when he was playing better earlier in the year. So that factors into things too, I think. Yeah, I got Wilson you. Peterson. 877-867-1670. There is a poll now up on my Twitter at Benzie Kenny. Which position should the Brewers prioritize at the deadline? And I think we can all agree it's going to be multiple. It's not just going to be one. But how would you rank them? Center field, relief pitching help, starting pitching, or second base, or other. I had another category in there as any bat that can help, and then you figure it out. But if we had to go position specifically, let's say the bat you're looking at has the same caliber no matter what position he plays, center field, second base, relief help, or starting pitching. The way I would line those four up where I stand right now, center field is number one, and I think it's a guy that has to be able to defend there given what we've seen as of late. Relief help is number two, even though... You have great guys in the back end. You need depth there, and that should be easy to acquire. Starting pitching is still number three for me because I don't want Jason Alexander starting a playoff game. I think it's that simple. I'm okay if Freddie Peralta goes to the pen even when he comes back if he's not fully there, if he's not, you know, ramped up beginning of the season. Freddie Peralta, second base is last, though I would still prioritize it. If something presents itself, I think they should go after it. I think you build your defense up the middle. That's what they always say, right? I had a caller <laughs> teach me that lesson a couple days ago. Maybe it was Daryl. I don't remember who it well, was. Well, they say that but in football. Base, center field. Well, you know, there's a lot of parallels in sports, Ben. You know, I'm, I'm always looking to draw comparisons here. But second base, center field, if you can improve defensively at either one, which is so dumb because we started the season with Lorenzo Cain and Colt Wong up the middle, and you think, oh, can't get better than that that's it's as good as it gets and now those are our two biggest defensive soft spots also if you get a center fielder you can move tyrone taylor over to left probably keep hunter renfro and right or you can use yelich use him as a dh you have options i'm good at adding a plus defender and a bat in center or at second base heck do it at third move urias to second or just play here if urias is going to strike out four times a game there should be no rules right any any way that you can get better i'm down to get better so how would you rank those four, though, if you had to prioritize? I think relief pitching is its own thing because every contender should always look to add relief pitching. So Fair. that's just a given. Want relief pitching. But other than that, probably tied for first for center and second base. I also am fine with Tyrone Taylor in center. So maybe that means second base because Colton Long stinks. And if Adamas <laughs> and, our, and Urias are cold like they are right now, I can't also have a guy at second who's prone to go over four because now we have three guys. That's three quarters of your infield and really the middle of your order that could be going over. And I, and I can't have that. I need a guy that's not going to go over four, even if Adamas and Arias do. So I guess now that I've talked through this second base, second base, final answer. What you just mentioned, I think is the problem. You said you're fine with Tyrone Taylor in center. That's the entire problem with this entire team is I'm fine with a lot of people in a lot of spots. None of it makes me confident. Tyrone Taylor is hitting 228 this year. His OPS, he is literally every other brewer. He almost has the exact same numbers as Colton Wong at the plate. Almost identical to him. The on base is not good. Colton Wong gets on base more often than him. Tyrone Taylor has been a better defender, but I, I'm fine with him there. Maybe he could get hot. But still, that's, I guess, the entire problem. 
So I say center because of how important defense is at that spot. And the Brewers do have a couple in-house guys that I would put at second. Listen, Colton Wong has not been good, but he is a much better defender at second base than Keston Hira. I guess I would maybe play the matchups and say, you know, when Corbin Burns is on the mound, let me put Hira's bat in the lineup. And then when Jason Alexander's on the mound, I'll throw Wong out there so he can try to become a better defender and not be as bad as the other ones. Or Aria, someone brought that up as well. Uh, or throw Jace Peterson there. I don't know. You could throw a lot at that position and hope it sticks. Center field, I don't really see guys on this roster that can do it. Jonathan Davis can do it, but you can't have a bat in your lineup that has an OPS below 600. We need to have fewer guys in the lineup where our breakdown of the guys, well, he could get hot. You have a couple of those <laughs> That's guys. the whole damn team. Yeah, that cannot be the whole team. So that's what I'm saying. Adamas and Urias can get hot. Telez can get hot. I need a second baseman that's going to be good no matter what. Like the way we talked about Abreu yesterday, consistent, reliable, good at bats. I need an anchor or two like that in the lineup. If the rest of the lineup is could get hot, guys, okay, I'll take my chances. Grant, the pitching is great. I have a dangerous comparison that just came to my mind because of what you just said. He could get hot. Do you know who this entire Brewers lineup is? The entire team is at this point. Take away the pitching staff. I'll say the entire offense and defense of this team. Do you know who they are? Uh, Nate Reavers. They're Graham Mertz. Oh, damn it. I was close. It's We've <laughs> seen flashes from all of them. We've seen little hot spells. We have seen prolonged struggles when it matters a lot. In most moments where it matters a lot. We have seen significant issues with runners in scoring position. Taking care of the football for Mertz. And we go into the year or we go into the second half of this year thinking, you know, they could get hot. We hope that he that Mertz becomes a really good quarterback. We hope that Rowdy Telez starts to hit consistently. We're in the exact same spot with them as we are with Mertz. That just came to me. Well, that's why it's so frustrating. We've seen it with all these guys. We know what they're capable of. and We can't quit them. That's why we're still here debating it like a bunch of idiots like we do with Mertz. It's actually a very good comp. Well done. I do feel like an idiot continue like the Mertz conversation never changes. The only thing no. that'll ever change it is when they actually go and play football. There are some right. things you talk about in the off season where you can be moved one way or another. You can talk yourself into something. I cannot talk myself into a single thing with Graham Mertz. It's either he goes out there and he does it or he isn't able to do that. And the team is bad. That's where I'm at. And I can say the same thing about the Brewers team. I can't really talk myself into the individual. I could say, you know, Renfro could go on a hot stretch or Telez can, but I can't talk myself into the offense as a whole performing in the playoffs because we've seen what happens recently when they get to that point. They went cold, yet I'm going to the second half just hoping, you know, maybe they do, and then it's fun. A lot of sports, I say this on my show from time to time, especially going into a season and we're previewing a roster and how we feel about certain positions. Something I always say, you want as few question marks as possible, right? Question marks aren't the end of the world because a question mark could be a great player with a great season or it could be really disappointing, right? You can have a couple of question marks, but you need some certainties, right? Like if we're previewing the O-line. Okay, well, if I know I have a left tackle and a center and a left guard and I think I have a right tackle, okay, well, right guard can be a question mark and right tackle can kind of be a question mark. That's good. There's a, there's a lot of known there. There's There's some certainty there. 
I need fewer question marks with the Brewers offense. I need to know going into a playoff series that I can count on two or three guys to show up and put together quality at bats. I can't do that right now, but I think a move or two could change that, which is why I just can't quit on this team. Like I won't and can't quit on Graham Mertz. Yeah, it's also the middle of the summer, and what the hell else are we going to do than try to believe in a baseball team? And Graham Mertz. And I the, get more excited about Mertz every day that passes by. That is a ridiculous stance to be on, <laughs> and it I don't think it'll end up very lucrative, but we shall see. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. Where are you at with this Brewers team? After the loss last night, the second base struggles, the hater struggles, They go into San Francisco. Hopefully they can turn something around, take three out of four, go into the all-star break hot. But overall, going deep in the second half, where are you at with this offense? Which positions would you like to see upgraded first? Center field, second base. Give us your thoughts. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.